Good evening and welcome to the On Texas Football live stream. I'm Blake Monroe, joined by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of Inside Texas and the On3 Sports Network. And guys, how's it going tonight? I'm going good. Jerry's still in a car and I'm in a hotel room, I guess. That makes two of us out and about today. <laughs> and I'm yeah, they're, out, they're, out hotel, they're out of hotel rooms in Houston. I'm in a car. No, I've <laughs> been at three schools today and uh, just been out and about, man. It's that time of year that, uh, you know, if you're not in, in your car in May uh, and you cover recruiting, you're probably not doing it well. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry, that's actually what I was going to bring up. You're out and about, as you said, in the Houston area. Tell us a little bit about who you saw today and what you learned. Yeah, I went over to uh, Oak Ridge High School, um, home of a couple of four stars, uh, Joseph Jonah Janye, the defensive lineman, who I think is a five-star talent and is a potential first-round pick. And I don't say that very often on the record where people can record this and recall it. I think the kid's that talented. And then Justin Williams, a linebacker, uh, who was, again, one of the top linebackers in the country, uh, just really explosive player. Then they also have a third, four Division One guys over at Oak Ridge. Bobby, two of the top players in the country. Would you ever think you'd say that about Oak Ridge? And Mark Schmidt's coaching him, the former Woodlands coach. But uh, Frankie Arthur, the running back, has TCU visits scheduled, which came out today, June 9th in Kansas. That is the younger brother of Adrian Peterson. So, um, and obviously, if Oklahoma offered the recruitment's over, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Oklahoma State's in it. So, uh, then they have another defensive end. And then I went over to Klein Forest and saw recent Texas offer Jelani Watkins, who will be running in the hopefully not rainy Texas state track meet in Austin. Um, he is chasing that tough to get 19999 in the 200. Uh, I think he's an LSU lean over AM right now. LSU is the only school that's offered him in both football and track. Uh, I think that's interesting. Texas offered him about a week ago. Uh, that was Jeff Banks, who's kind of recruiting that area uh, for Texas. I think the track times, even though he's smaller, you know, he's at that Brennan Thompson size. I think the track times are just such that Texas had to make a move there and offer him. We'll see what happens. Now, he's an LSU lean. We'll see how hard Texas pushes. But Watkins is going to be at the state meet, and he told me today after the state meet's over, there's a chance he's going to go into the facility, see the Texas coaching staff. But by rule, he can't until he is finished at the uh, state relay. So that would be he wouldn't actually see the Texas facilities till Sunday morning. Hey, Jerry, uh, how how what was Watkins' size? You know, I'm guessing 5'9", 155. I, I'm guessing that's a legitimate 160, maybe because he's so muscular and it's hard to tell with baggy clothes. Um, but he is not a big kid. Uh, but to say he's explosive, maybe an understatement. So he's, built more like Brennan, he's built more like yeah. Brennan Thompson than he is, say, a Devin A. Chain, who also was a very yeah. speedy guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he is built more like that, yeah. What about the, the tight end that you went and saw that uh, got a Texas offer Great. late last week, I believe? Great point. I, I was leaving that one for last and totally forgot to mention Jordan Washington uh, at Langham Creek. You know, uh, the last, I believe, Texas signee from Langham Creek was Tennille Carter. And I don't know how long he actually lasted. Right. Uh, before that, I think there was a couple of guys um, way back in the day. But, uh, you know, Jordan Washington's interesting because Todd Thompson, he, he's been doing this in the Houston area a long time. And he told me last year when I stopped by there that he had a tied in that's a picture from today actually I took it practice that was a basketball kids coming back to football and he said he's got really good ball skills we're going to see what this kid does but if he puts it together he's a power five guy and Todd Thompson was Trevor Cobb's fullback at Rice Bobby I mean he's been around some good players right I mean he's a smart guy really good offensive coach and he was right Jordan Washington a uh, talented basketball player uh, that's now picked up Texas offer. He'll visit Texas September 16th through 18th. He's also visiting Utah the 9th through 11th. And for those that loosely – Bryce Phillips driving past Langham Creek now would have seen you about three hours ago. But those that loosely follow recruiting, uh, no, don't know. But those who really follow recruiting, know If Utah offers a kid in Houston, their track record's really good. Morgan Scally to D.C. at Utah – has been recruiting this area for 15 years and has signed a number of all-conference NFL draft picks that A&M, Texas, OU, none of them wanted. 
Uh, well, Texas is on to this. It was interesting today talking to Todd Thompson. He said Jeff Banks came in there, watched the kid practice, and kind of looked at Coach Thompson. I've been traveling around the country looking at all these top tight ends, and, you know, Jordan's got as good a ball skills or better than all of them and as good a frame and upside as all these guys do. So we said we're offering him. And Jordan, being a, a, a guy who's always liked Texas, immediately set up the official visit for the 16th through 18th. What's always interesting, guys, when, as you guys know, if Texas or, a, or Texas A&M offers a player in state that's not being heavily recruited, what happens? LSU, Alabama, they all start coming in. Alabama stopped by Langham Creek High School today to take a look at Jordan Washington. They did not offer – but, again, that means you're on the right track with a good evaluation by the Texas staff. I, I love offers like this. I mean, yep. I, and the reason why, Jerry, is because it, people are mentioning Jonathan Brooks in this chat. Yep. I'm not saying – Jonathan Brooks was an early offer by Texas. Um, you know, Texas gets it right uh, more often than not here of late on some early offers, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, and so I, I like this by the Longhorns here. Uh, especially this one, especially if you you've gone and seen him, you like him as well. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, it's a look, you know. It looks like, uh, in my opinion, he's a he's a Texas lean at this point, and I think it's time for Texas to start building on some momentum and gaining some momentum in recruiting. Hopefully, they get him on campus officially in, in June, and uh, he becomes a member of the Longhorn class. Yeah, and and I think that'll absolutely happen. He'll make that official visit the 16th through 18th, and. Look, if depending on what happens here the rest of May, if anybody else jumps in, this could be a uh, early win for Texas. The interesting thing will be Ryder, Reiner Swanson, the uh, tight end slash surfer from uh, Laguna Beach, is officially visiting June 1st and 2nd before his family goes on a two, two-and-a-half-week uh, vacation to Europe. He'll visit Texas the first weekend in June. Then he'll go to Oregon the 9th through 11th. Then he's off to Europe. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Where does Texas think they stand with him? It is Texas going to take two high school tight ends in this class. Bobby, I think they have a need for two high school tight ends if you can get two guys with ball skills. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. But that's the two tight ends right now that have official visits set up. And before we move on to something else, I also put out on Inside Texas this morning, uh, one of the top linebackers on the board, Ty Anthony Smith out of Jasper. I was by there a couple of weeks ago. He set up his official visit for June 20th through 22nd. And why is that important? His family's going on a cruise starting the weekend of the 23rd. That's why Texas couldn't get him in there. They initially were trying to bump the USC visit, but I think they said, well, we'll just take the last June official visit before you go cruising. So he'll be at AM June 2nd through 4th, USC the 16th through 18th, then Texas the 20th through 22nd. I think USC is appealing to him. I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up at Texas or Texas A&M at the end of the day. So that's a good development for Texas on a linebacker who, after seeing him in person, Bobby, this is why we hit the road. He's he's six one and a half. He's been six one, six one and a half for a while. He's gone from one ninety to two ten. He's got a six seven wingspan, and he reminds me, just checks a lot of the boxes. He's not the freak athlete that Sean Weatherspoon did. When you, I saw Sean in high school. I saw Anthony in high school, and they checked the boxes. You're like, this guy kind of gets it. He's cerebral. He's intelligent. And then you put that with what you see on the field and on tape, and you understand why Texas really covets this kid. Yeah, Jerry, I, I, we've got some basketball questions coming up. We also oh, have – <laughs> Yeah, we also have a, a trivia uh, – or not a trivia, a, a poll question we put out to the audience. Uh, first, I need to say thank you, uh, by the way, to our sponsor, Energy Texas. Uh, at Energy Texas, if you have a choice in your energy provider and can use Energy Texas, uh, give them a shot. Uh, give Go onto their website, www.energytexas.com. Uh, look, at, look at the prices, shop around, see if there's somebody that uh, makes sense for you. The great thing about them is they're from the state of Texas, uh, Texas-owned, also University of Texas-owned, by the way, uh, the CEO there. Uh, energy Texas, Texas Electricity, done right. Or you can call 855-461-1129. Uh, you know, Blake and, and Jerry, my my question for you guys going up against this is, you know, we, we're talking about recruiting. Texas still only at three commitments. Uh, Blake and, and Jer Jerry, where are we at in this process? Because I am – we've been talking about this a long time. 
I'm of the patient uh, sort that, hey, we've got to be patient. At the same time, the more time that get, grows, more grass that grows underneath <laughs> your feet, the more you have to worry about it. So what do you guys think? I, I'll go first. I, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, this isn't the the Mac Brown staff from, you know, 2005 to 2010, where we saw, you know, half the class before, you know, mid-June or so. And I think being patient, like you said, Bobby, is key here. I mean, this staff has proven that they're elite closers and you just got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think, uh, look, we've we've been preaching for a couple of years since we kind of saw that 2022 class develop, that this is going to be a patient staff. And we always say that with a caveat, when you're a blue blood, it's easier to go into portal, right, and go get a starter. Um, so there is that piece. Um, Alabama just picked up a probable starter at corner today. I mean, it, it, that's just how crazy this is right now for the Blue Bloods. But um, I, I think what's interesting about this class is, to me, Bobby and Blake, Texas is betting on having a really good team on the field this year. This one feels a little different to me. They're willing to take a chance. Yeah. They're, they're rolling the dice a little bit. I, I agree with I, I think it's part patience, Jerry, and part proof that they've done it before. But I'm of I'm of your opinion. I think they're rolling the dice a little bit right now, and I, I don't have a problem with it. If they, I mean, look, the the good thing about Texas right now, they're deep, but they have more than one quarterback. Yeah. You know, a year ago they were worried if they had any quarterback, and so I, I think they feel pretty positive about that. Definitely. Well, guys, let's get to some uh, user questions here, and we're going to start off with Jay the activist. We want to thank him for being a uh, super user. And who is next for basketball in the portal, Jerry? With no combine invite, I assume Hunter will be back. I uh, Look, I think the confidence has been growing that Hunter will be back. Um, and, and, I sh and I have no other reason to go, but to go along with that. Um, and I'm not sitting here saying Tyrese Hunter or Dylan Mitchell is going to hit the portal. The portal officially closes May 11th. So, look, if that closes May 11th, then – uh, Tyrese Hunter doesn't jump in and I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying we're covering everything that can happen with these kids. Then I think signs are really good. He, he returns to Texas and look, I think it's a, uh, it's a pretty good, you know, Texas is saying they're going to put the ball in his hands more and let him develop as a point guard because Max Asmus has had the ball for four straight, three straight years at Oral Roberts. He actually wants to play off the ball some this year. So it's actually a really good fit there. And Kendall Weaver would be a really good third guard with that group. And the fact that Texas hasn't attacked and gone on some other guards in the portal, especially at point guard, makes you think they think there's a decent chance he's been coming back. And like Jag the Activist says, I think those odds went up today. We'll see. If, he, if his name doesn't pop up May 11th, then I think Texas fans can start to get somewhat excited about that one again. Um, next in the uh, portal, look, Texas is being – we think Sark's being patient. Man, Texas basketball is being really patient, right? We're down to two days left to put your name in the portal, and Texas has passed on some guys. Um, they showed some interest in DJ Rodman, Dennis's kid. He committed to USC today. Um, they never kind of brought him in for a visit. Uh, I think they're kind of waiting to see what happens with Dylan Mitchell too, although I think that's a longer shot. But, again, we'll find out. Um, if Dylan Mitchell doesn't get a second mid-second round promise by a team, what's he going to do? He's got a tough decision to make at that point in time uh, with his, with where he wants to be next year, uh, NIL, because he does pretty well in NIL. So there's a lot of things that's playing into this right now. Um, but I think Texas is being very patient in basketball. Look, if Tyrese Hunter comes back, they, they have to get one more guard, and they need to get a big wing. And after that, they've got a pretty solid team. Then they probably had a depth piece as well. But with what they've done, if they get two, three things to fall their way, they're sitting there going to be ranked top 20 in the country preseason. And they got a backcourt that's really talented again. Um, if they can get a couple more shooters, they have a chance to be the best shooting team since 08 at Texas. And that's saying something for me to put that out there. We'll see how this finishes up. Well, guys, before we uh, switch gears here, I just want to tell everybody you got plenty of time. We definitely want your questions. Be sure to submit them to both Bobby and Jerry, and we'll get them on here. Um, and, Jerry, we're going to stay with you here as this one's directed to you. E. Kim wants to know if there's any 2024 offensive line targets that you see Texas is in a good spot with currently. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the question. I'm not sure there are any that they're 
I would say they have no chance at right now. And that to me is saying something because I think Texas is leader for Daniel Cruz, who's been the top center prospect for Texas since they saw him. Uh, Makai Saina, you know, the, the tackle guard from Arlington Martin, he's going to be at AM, I think, the second through fourth or either ninth or 11th. Then he's going to go to second through fourth. Then he goes to USC. Then he goes to Texas last, the 23rd through 25th. The mom was on campus. Texas made up a lot of ground there. The father, I kind of recently found out, is moving back to Texas. A lot of people, I think, figured, oh, he'll just end up at Nebraska since Bob Wager went to Nebraska, was the head coach at Martin. You know, I'm not so sure on that. We'll see. Uh, Texas has a really good fighting chance there. Daniel Calhoun, I think Kyle Flood will be out there again next week, according to somebody that I talked to today in our industry that's in the Atlanta area. I think Texas is right there headed into June. It's, it's, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, it's Tennessee, it's Texas. But everybody thinks, well, he's just going to go to Georgia or he'll go to Bama because his dad played there. I kind of think it's a wide-open recruitment. He came to Texas with his family for the spring game on their own dime. Second time he's been. The official visit will be his third. Nair Daniels in Jersey. Uh, Flood's been up there once. May probably be up there again next week. Texas, Florida State, Georgia. I'm not sure Texas isn't the favorite there headed into June. Um, you know, you keep going down the list of guys, and there's not a guy of those top five. Even Michael Uini at Coppers Cove is, I think, backing off a Bama visit's going to throw Texas in there. Is he getting a little recruiting FOMO because he's talking to other linemen? Maybe. Um, but I think Texas is going to sign four or five really good. And then Ori Williams, obviously, is a Texas LSU battle. That might actually be the toughest one for Texas. And then AM because of the Ruben Owens uh, connection, but he's from families in Louisiana. Uh, but, you know, you go start – That's I've named six guys, and Texas has a legit shot at all of them. I didn't even get into Brandon Baker, who will come in in September. Um, Texas is still talking to Bennett Warren, who probably could come in later if he doesn't decide in June. And where Texas is at in offensive line recruiting, I, I think is in the best position uh, in a long, long time because now they're starting to stack talent, and they're starting to stack Bobby Sunday talent if they close out this class. I, look, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head with the very last piece. It, it, it is not, in my opinion, Jerry, it's not just about who is it. It's about the volume of guys yeah. that they're after that have the high quality. I mean, look, we are we're three years removed or three and a half years removed from Texas having to go to their 10th, 11th and 12th prospect in on the offensive line in the state of Texas alone to pick up two guys in a class, right? So let's let's be clear about the transformation that has taken place on the offensive line. It is, uh, you know, Texas has had a quarterback in Sam Ellinger. They, he's playing in the league. They've had running backs that have been good. Keontae Ingram was good. Deontay Foreman. They've had all these other positions. They Connor Williams was one guy. They haven't had five, right, that were right. this – Sam Cosme was good, but th my point being, look, you get past this year and everybody starting on the offensive line for Texas at that point will have legitimate draft pick status, most likely as offensive line. That is, uh, that's just light years from what they were just two short years ago, uh, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm super impressed. Hey guys, I want to get to the, 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 uh, poll question that I put up on the uh, on Texas football community board uh, earlier this week. I thought it was an interesting one. And I, I was interested to see what people would say. I asked the, the uh, I asked everyone who would be the most, who do you think will be the best receiver for the Longhorns this year? Uh, this is what we got out of it. 46% for Xavier Worthy, 32% for A.D. Mitchell, uh, JD, JT Sanders, 10%. Uh, Jordan Whittington, 11. I noticed I said receiver, not tight end or wide receiver there. That's why I put JT Sanders in that. Guys, I'm a little concerned here because I'm different. I thought I, I voted for A.D. Mitchell for the record. Jerry and, and Blake. Yeah, that would have been me. And I, I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised that those aren't closer or even that Mitchell's not ahead, especially you know, after the spring game performance, I really thought that Mitchell would have really closed the gap on Worthy or, like I said, been ahead. So I'm with you, though, Bobby. I, I'm in the Mitchell camp. Jerry, what do you think on that, bud? 
You know, it's a tough one, but I, I'm actually going to agree with the poll. And here's why. I just think A.D. Mitchell is going to make Worthy better. It, it's going to take the pressure off of him, and he's going to kind of get to move around more in this offense. And maybe he becomes the player that um, we thought he could be. But I'll say this, too. J.T. Sanders, probably when people looked at the poll question, don't really consider him a wideout. But it's arguable he may be the most feared of these guys. When a team is preparing for Texas, is he the most feared guy? Because he's the he may be the toughest matchup at the end of the day, Bobby. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, uh, I think that's part of it, Jerry. I think the other piece of it that I'm thinking, look, Xavier Worthy was injured last year. Whether people – and I said this after the Washington game because I was asked not to say anything all the way up to it. Right. I mean, you know, he had a, a, a half broken – I don't know if it was a broken bone in his wrist or his hand, okay? Does that excuse every drop he had or a lackadaisical attitude, it, what appeared to be a lackadaisical effort? No, of course not. But it's hard to catch a football if you have a broken bone somewhere in your hand. <laughs> I mean, g- give me a break. Right. I mean, it, and it's not exactly like everything's getting feathered out there, you know? Um and so for that purpose, I can see why Worthy uh, would be a, a vote and a, and a valuable one and, and a worthy of it, so to speak, of that selection. But I just felt like after watching A.D. Mitchell, um, he is physically, uh, he is just a different type of guy. Like he's made to play long term uh, in this uh, sort of a, a situation. And so I think that that if you look at it that way, uh, it looks like Jerry may be having some problems here. But if I look at it that way, I'm pretty I feel pretty good about where everything is at uh, with uh, with it. Uh, But I I would go I still would go A.D. Mitchell over Xavier Worthy at this point. I think Jordan Whittington and J.T. Sanders. Whittington's more of a outlet guy that I think can be a third down guy. Sanders, I think, is going to be that surprise guy over the middle with the tight end. Uh, and by the way, by, by the way, this is how much better Texas should be as a team this year, despite losing two tremendous running backs. We're having this discussion about four guys. You couldn't have even put up a poll last year. <laughs> we can Bobby can put up a poll this year. <laughs> That's hey, I I'm telling you, you can do it at a number of positions too, Jerry. I mean, look, yep. I, who's who's going to be the best cornerback on the roster? I mean, Look, last Bobby's year, got poll questions this year. This is a better I, team. I, I was like, I, I was thinking to myself, like last year, we knew we knew that J- Deshaun Jameson is a multi-year starter, but had been mediocre for a lot of it. No offense to, to, to Deshaun, but just had not been great. Um, and we knew Ryan Watts was coming in, but but Ryan Watts had lost his starting role at Ohio State. Right now, you, you're not Deshaun is gone, but you have Ryan Watts and you have Terrence Brooks, Gavin Holmes who are pushing and have Malik Muhammad, Manny Muhammad, who some believe might be one of the two or three best freshmen in this recruiting class. I mean, it, it's it's not just happening at receiver. We just talked about offensive line. This is why I like where Texas is headed as a program, Jerry. It's, it's not any one position per se. It's a number of positions where I think they're they're just doing some really, really good things right now. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally – Totally agree. Go ahead, Blake. All right. Well, I was going to say, um, before we pivot on to the next questions here uh, by by some of the users, I was just going to let everybody know plenty of time to still get those questions in. Of course, we, we welcome any and all questions, both recruiting and team related. And uh, the next one we have is from Joel McWaters Preaches Sometimes. What draft grade would yours have to receive next year to cause him to come back to school? Low second, third? What are your guys' thoughts? I don't, I don't know if he starts and plays well, I don't know that a draft grade is necessarily going to matter to him. Um, I think, I think that uh, he's going to, he's going to try to test that a little bit. Um, And I'm not, I don't think, and I'm not advocating one way or the other uh, per se, but I believe that he's going to test just, just the way it should be. And I don't know that quarterbacks necessarily get grades like that um, because quarterback is such a premium position you could have guys that drop unexpl- unexplainably 
or you could have people that rise. Uh, so if you're going to be taken in the top three rounds, I think you, I think you, you take that opportunity. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I kind of said my thoughts before. I, I think he's going to be a better player. I think he's going to have a better year. He's got better weapons, second year in a system, a best, a best total team Texas has had. Uh, I think the stamp of approval for Quinn in the draft next year is going to come from Sarkeesian. I, I really do. I, Sarkeesian's respected. Um, and look, let's also be real. It benefits Sarkeesian if Quinn's draft in the first round. Definitely. No doubt. And anything, as we saw this NFL draft, it seems like anything's possible <laughs> as far as quarterbacks getting taken. Yeah, good call. <laughs> All right, we'll switch over to the other side of the ball, guys. Uh, Raw G, can Anthony Hill have a freshman year like Harold Perkins did? And then I'm going to roll this into the next question after y'all answer this one. He's so different than than uh, Harold Perkins uh, in that Perkins is more that flash kind of guy, um, almost a safety, almost could play safety, whereas Hill is a guy that's more an edge slash linebacker. Um, and so they're, they're just different guys. Uh, you know, the thing about Harold Perkins, and I want to say this, and I've talked to some guys at LSU, they're in love with him. So don't, don't take this the wrong way. He didn't have a great year as a linebacker. He had a great year as a pass rusher. Right. So that's one thing. I think Texas wants something a little different out of Anthony Hill. Can he have as many sacks or as it affect the passer? Well, I, I doubt that. He's just not – I mean, he's not that fast compared to somebody like Her, Harold Perkins. That being said, I think he might have a larger overall impact on the team if he can be a valid pass-rushing guy on third down. It, look, Harold Perkins had other guys that could rush the passer at LSU. Texas right now lacks somebody opposite Baron Sorrell. So I, I feel like the impact that Anthony Hill could have might be larger than Harold Perkins, may not be as wow as Harold Perkins. Uh, Bob, Bobby pretty much said said it all. I'm going to leave this one here for Texas fans. It was after the Ole Miss game when Lane Kiffin was asked about Harold Perkins. And I believe he said when number 40 was in the game, that changed things. For Texas fans, all you want to hear is Mike Gundy or somebody say something similar. Then you know you got a dude. This year, that's when you'll know he's had the same impact. If somebody says something like that, no matter how it gets done, I think what helps Anthony Hills, he's playing linebacker from the start. Harold Perkins moved all around. He never really had a position, but to, Bob, to Bobby's point, but if you start hearing the, the opposing coaches after the game saying, man, you know, that, that the Hill kid, the freshman now, he was something else, then you know you got a star. Thanks, Raul, for the question. All right, our next question, guys, comes from Justin Yarbrough. And, of course, we want to thank him. Uh, how do the guys in the locker room feel about the team going into the summer? And with official visits coming up, what's some insight that goes on on a big official visit day? Again, great job, guys. Best Texas coverage out there. Thank you, Justin. Jerry, you handle the uh, official visit stuff. I'll talk about the guys in the locker room. Uh, yeah, the official visits, um, you know, the big OV days, look, it's a lot of, you know, these kids have all been to Texas before, except a few, right? There will be a few, that, especially at June 16th, 18th week, and they haven't been to Texas before. These kids have been to Texas before. I think the big thing on the official visit is it's more family time, one-on-one -on -one with the staff, with Steve Sarkeesian, with the position coach, with the defensive or offensive coordinator, with a Chris Del Conte, with a Hartzell, with uh, McConaughey, you name it, right? That's the big difference on the official visits is everything as a whole that the University of Texas can do for your son. I think the unofficial visits are more, here's the shake of the hands. We're getting to know you. We're kind of it's our first or second date. Here's some dinner. We're going to talk about recruiting over dinner time. But the official visit is where this get, stuff gets real from a university standpoint because that's just the difference in the time. The parents go out normally on a boat on lake on the lake for one night for dinner. I mean, they get to see Austin for what it really is because I do think one thing we don't talk about with official visits enough is the kids have to feel it. They have to feel comfortable. They have to enjoy the teammates. They have to see the chemistry. They have to hear the things they want to hear. But the parents have to have a reason to want to go there 
six, eight, ten weekends a year, too. They want their kid to be comfortable, but they want a reason to go there, too, and be comfortable. And that's never talked about enough with official visits. And I think that's always the hidden thing that's really important on official visit weekends. No, I think Austin has a, a tremendous allure to yes. a lot of people. Also, if you if Houston, Dallas, easy to dr- easy drive uh, anywhere in Texas except for ultra West Texas, relatively uh, easy drive. Hey, I, I talk about how does the guy do the guys in the locker room feel? Well, I think we found that out uh, back on April 30th when not a single one of them entered the the uh, portal. I mean, I, there were 50 open spots at Colorado. Nobody took one. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you that, that if you want to know how, and, and we talked about Eric Nalene does a good job of, of, of talking about this. I think a lot or publisher at inside Texas. And he, he talks about how, you know, Sark has done a good job of building chemistry. Brian Irwin, uh, coach Brian Irwin has talked about it. He likes how Sark never in that five and seven season, Never threw a play a single player under the bus. Never threw a single coach under the bus. Still to state, even Keel, he thinks it paid dividends for him last year. Thinks it's going to continue to pay dividends for him in the good and bad times moving forward. Uh, and so, how do they feel? I, I think, I think they voted with their feet. You know, that's what that, that's my opinion. And their their feet stayed still. You know, they 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 are they are in. From and this isn't just reading into things from the lack of movement in the portal. It's also things I hear uh, from inside the the, the team and, and sort of that sort of stuff. But uh, it's very good news if you're a Longhorn fan right now because that will breed uh, more help on official visits. Because as these guys go on official visits, they want to know how the the they want to see if the team gets along with one another because they don't want to go to some dis- divisive team. They right. want to go to a team that likes each other, likes playing with one another. Offense isn't mad at the defense. The 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 quarterbacks aren't mad at the receivers, et cetera. I, I, I want to get you guys' opinion on this. And Blake's got son in baseball. I mean, Bobby, you had daughter in volleyball. Um, being genuine has never been more important than it is now for a coach. Everything's on social media. There's no running and hiding from anything that happens in your locker room, any controversy you're involved in as a coach. And especially coming off of what was there before you being genuine has never been more important for the Texas head coach. If you're genuine, not all 85 of those players are going to like you. That's reality. We'll do 75, do 65. I don't know the number, but I guarantee you all 85 don't like you. But if you're genuine, they at least know they're getting a fair shake and they know they can get a fair shake. If you're not genuine, guys are going to hit the door. You, they got to know where they stand. That's right. Um, they, can, they don't all have to like you, but they just want to know where they stand. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, Sark does a very good job of that, in my opinion. I mean, he had some he had some not so nice uh, visits with players during winter workouts a- after the season, and said, "Hey, you need to step up." And some of those guys stepped up and stayed, yep. you know, in the face of some adversity, I might, I might add. And so I'm impressed uh, genuinely as it, as it relates to that. Yeah. Thanks Justin I, for the super chat, bud. Yeah, I appreciate that too. I agree with you there, Jerry and Bobby. I mean, you know, as, as you said, Jerry, my son still very early in the recruiting process for him, but even at 14, almost 15 years old, he can see right through mm. when a coach is, you know, laying it on thick and being fake versus when they're being real and maybe not telling him what he wants to hear, but he, at least he knows that it's genuine, as you said. And so, yeah, that helps a ton, definitely. And it's something that I, as a parent, and I'm sure other parents are on the same boat, respect as well. No question. All right. Well, uh, let's move on here, guys. And thanks again, Justin. Uh, King Me says, in the 2024 state rankings, how many of the top 10 will Texas get? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Oh, that's a I, tough question right now. I, I immediately go to find out who's in the top 10, Jerry. That's <laughs> that, that's uh, that's where I immediately went. You think that's too tough right now, Jerry? I think that's tough right now. I mean, look, Jarrett Gibson's out of Florida. He'd be a top 10 in the state. I think they're going to get him, but he's not in Texas. Um, as far as the top 10 in Texas, I mean, Bobby, read down the list right now. Yeah, I'll read them for you, okay? This, yeah, <laughs> Colin Simmons, That's that's not – that's a toss-up, no matter who it is. Right. Micah Hudson's a, a possibility. Oh, here, yeah. here's Matt. There you go. Matt, uh, Kobe Black is a very good possibility. He's I put in a 75% RPM for Kobe Black, so y'all can hang me on that one if I'm wrong, but I like Texas chances. Lagway's committed to Florida. That's the quarterback out of Willis. Justin Williams, who you went by and saw today, is the linebacker out of Oak Ridge. That's up in the air. You Texas is uh, on the outside looking in most likely right now, right? Yeah. Okay. Bryant Wesco likely going elsewhere, but we don't know. Texas still involved. Terry Bussey, Texas, Texas isn't. They're not Texas pushing. isn't pushing that. No. Uh, Xavier Phil saying the safety from McKinney also committed to Florida. Taylor Tatum, uh, Texas not pushing for him, the running back from uh, Longview. And then Selman Bridges, Texas does like him out of Lake Belton. Uh, go down, go down, keep going down that list though a little bit if you can. I don't know if Matt can. Yeah, he can. Okay, yeah, yeah. Corey and Gibson to me probably ends up top ten in the state. I think Texas has a really good chance there. I mean, that's the thing about the rankings too is it's not. Look, Joseph Jonah Jonah, if he doesn't end up in the top ten or top five in the state, I mean, I, I'll be shocked. I think he may end up being the, the NFL draft, maybe the highest ranked kid out of this class in Texas. So that's the other uh, area the rankings get kind of funky as far as asking that question, but. I think Texas ends up with three, four of the top ten guys ranked in the state at the end of the day. But as much as they're recruiting out of state, Nigel Smith, Texas has the last official visit, September 1st, 2nd. Um, Hunter Modden, I don't think ends up in the class. I'll just put it out there right now. Maurice Williams is a little shaky on LSU. Would Texas try to make a run there? Like Gideon was by the school a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that's the thing, too, I mean, is is like Joseph Jonah Jonah is 21 now in the – industry rankings he's nine with on three we're much closer to having it right that dude's going to keep going up weston davis is interesting he's a top 10 guy with on three which we're closer to having it right kyle flood was by there last week texas may try to get in there um he's i think he ends up at lsu um over AM and alabama maybe alabama beats lsu on him but the rankings are going to change uh i think texas ends up with three or four out of the top 10 at the end of the day but it's, you know, Jarrett Gibson's, the Daniel Calhoun's, the Nair Daniels, guys that are going to move up these rankings, guys that are already high in the rankings. As much as Texas is recruiting nationally right now or in the southeast region, the in-state rankings, who they get, don't matter as much right now. And I hate, and that's not an excuse. It's just it's, recruiting's changed. Yeah. All right. We need to say thanks. Uh, uh, hopefully that answered your question, King, me as, as to the best of Jerry's ability. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, say thank you to our sponsor real quick, uh, Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. Uh, when you call them and, and try to change your energy company, you're not calling back east. You're not calling overseas. You're calling in Texas. Uh, EnergyTexas.com. It's Texas Electricity done right. 855-461-1129. We thank them very much for their sponsorship. Hey, by the way, I got a question for you all. We just scrolled down that top ten. I assume, but I want to hear Colin Simmons, the most important prospect in the state for, for both you guys. Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, I, I don't know <laughs> that I would say I don't I don't know that I agree that there's a most important right now. Um I'm one of those guys that you know, I I feel like Texas just needs to the most important thing in this recruiting class for Texas is for Texas to continue to stack elite talent. Right. That's more important than any singular recruit. Because if they can somehow wind their way into a top five class, three consecutive ones, 
this the, I I'm, I think Sark's got it off and running. Yeah, so no that's my opinion. All right, guys, we got another super chat here. This one from Tex two thousand five. We want to thank him, and he wants to know Jerry, how are you looking with Jalen Sellers? Uh, that's the uh, Ball State six four uh, transfer guard. Texas is. They've talked to him a couple times. Um, unless something happened when I was on the road today, I don't think they've scheduled an official visit. And until that happens, the process to me hasn't really got going. Um, Texas has had, I believe, four guys, portal guys on visits. They've got three of them committed. Uh, the only one they lost, lost that on was Jaden Nunn, who went to Baylor. So unless they get him to that point, to me, it, I don't get real serious about it, but I would love for that to get serious. I'm a big fan of that kid. That was my fault there. I accidentally <laughs> jumped the gun on that one. Uh, I want to thank Tex2005 for that question. All right, next question, guys, and I'm interested to hear what y'all think on this one. Uh, this actually comes from Ryan, and he wants to know which positions do you think will have different starters by the end of the year from the start of the season? Good question, in my opinion. Man. Linebacker uh, across from David Benda, or excuse me, across Jalen Ford, maybe. Yeah. So whether that's whether that's Anthony Hill or Mo Blackwell, I think either of those might end up being more productive, and it'll be hard to keep their production off the field. That that would be one for me. Uh, the the only other one I could think of would maybe be a guard position, or something as maybe one during the season. Um, or, you know, and that, that's it. I mean, that's all I see. Maybe an edge opposite, uh, um, opposite a Sorrell, but that's really it. All right. Uh, going back to recruiting, Rodrigo Riaz wants to know with the new playoffs yeah. format, will the national signing day change or the coaches have to adjust? I think this is a great question because I hate the December signing period. Now I don't, I don't want to get on a soapbox. I'll hear enough of my voice on this show, <laughs> uh, but, but the crap needs to go away. December needs to go away. You can't have a December signing period while these guys are ready for getting ready for the playoffs and there's coaching. It's just not fair to coaches, coaching changes. And I know life's not fair, but this is BS. I mean, you're literally set your program set behind if you have a coaching change nowadays. Um, and then with the playoffs and the portal, this December signing period needs to go away. You need to do a week in late July and let 20% of those kids that are going to one school come hell or high water sign. The guys who are going to Texas, no matter what, can sign. And then let the other 80% sign in February. That's what needs to happen. Will it happen? No, because it's been too simple for a few years now. And that's that, That's counting kids being able to take spring official visits, Bobby. Here's the, here's the bad thing about it. I think you have to move it to first week of August, the first day of August, maybe yeah, even, or late July. So it doesn't interfere with the start of football season. Right. Okay. And then have your February signing period as opposed to December when let's face it, teams can be penalized for being in their conference championship game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because the championship game, big 12 is in Dallas, uh, SEC's in Atlanta. All of a sudden you don't have a recruiting weekend that you had been planning for. Um, I feel like I feel like something has to be done. I do not, however, believe this, Jerry. I don't think there's consensus around there's a not. different date. And for that reason, I, I, I think we're going to be slow to see something, anything change. Will a new playoff format uh, be the impetus behind a potential change? The answer is that's a very good possibility. But I haven't heard anything that would lead me to believe that, hey, this is something they really want to consider. Well, and it's the same in basketball, too. I mean, look at Texas got kind of behind the eight ball because they were still playing an NCAA tournament. That, that's a great point, Blake. I haven't talked to a college basketball coach that hasn't complained about that. If we win in the tournament, we're penalized in the portal. Yep. All right, guys, got, moving on with some more team stuff here. Uh, Sadie B says, Jonathan Brooks is going to rush for 1,200 yards. The disrespect for this guy is insane. He's not Bijan, but I promise you there's not a better running back in the conference. Y'all's thoughts? I want to give him a super chat because he called a shot. That's impressive. Yeah, I like – well, hey, Jerry, you and I talked about this when he was getting recruited. There were people that had an issue with his commitment. And I was like, take that dude all day long. Um, because I thought, I mean, he's look, Hallettsville 
when's the last time Hallettsville has really been any good ever? I mean, and all of a sudden they're in the state championship game. When when single players, Jordan Whittington did it at Quero a little bit. Quero has a little bit, has a lot more football history, obviously, right? right. Um, but my my point being, these small school guys that lead their teams to state, th- those that's a hard thing to do. I mean, and people don't appreciate it because not only are they good prospects, they're productive. And when you marry those two things, uh, look. Add in the fact that here's a guy that has done nothing but put his head down, stay behind Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson mm-hmm. instead of take you know leaving. Uh, look, I you're not going to get me to say that Jonathan Brooks isn't isn't going to be a dude and play pro football as long as he remains healthy. He, he, the guy played until he cramped in high school. He played safety, did whatever he wanted. And the thing about these small schools too, and Blake can probably talk about this too. He's small school, small town guy is. Those guys at that level are leaders in their community in a weird yep. way too. So they're forced into leadership roles at an early age, which I think is always interesting. Quandre Diggs was like that in Angleton. He played until he cramped. He was kind of the star of the town, even though it was just 40 miles outside of Houston. Those guys have to be kind of carry their community in a weird way. Definitely. And I, I can speak, you know, here in, here in Comanche, I mean, our athletic director, head football coach, he has those kids doing everything. And I mean, from volunteering on the weekends to, you know, taking part in whatever community events are going on during the week that have nothing to do with school. And so that, that's a great point, Jerry, for sure. Well, a question I wanted to jump to guys real quick because it's it's getting so gaining so much traction here in the chat. And it's based on something you said earlier, Jerry. Jay, the activist wants to know, why no Hunter Modden? <laughs> You know, I, I think that's just been uh, maybe a little uh, a little shaky. And um, yeah, Clear Lake, by the way, is going to hire a new head football coach tomorrow. I'm not going to put out who that is. Uh, so there will be a new head coach there. Um, but I just – I'm not sure that one's been 100% solid for a while. And um, he's scheduled to visit June 23rd through 25th. And um, that's just one. I, if I'm circling a kid that I, I would be betting on that may not end up in the class, I could be wrong. That's the one. And that's what I'll say right now. All right, so there you go. Uh, we got another super chat, guys. Two actually. This is the first of the of the two. Robert Muhammad, thank you. How many games might we see the backup quarterback bearing injury? Who's the toughest Big Twelve road game for Texas as well? I'm going to look up the schedule. You guys talk for a second because I want to. I want to. I have a, a kind of an answer here, but I want to. Yeah. I want to go for it. Well, hopefully um, Texas is playing to the level where. The backup quarterback gets time in two of the first three games of the year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that that's when you know you're taking the next step uh, a, 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 as a program. I just, uh, you know, I know people think Texas is suddenly going to be beating the brakes off a couple of Big 12 teams. Uh, I'm not sure I'm there yet. I, I Just get 10 wins How no, no matter how you have to get them, right? I mean, I'm not sure you're going to be sitting there at 28 or 30 against the Big 12 team at the start of the fourth quarter. I mean, maybe. Um but uh, that's kind of where I come out. You know, Rice, Wyoming, uh, not, I'm not disrespecting them, but Texas has better talent, and they should be able to get backups into the game in the fourth quarter of those games. If not, something's not going right. I agree with you there. Beyond those two, I don't know that you can say for sure other right. guys get again, unless unless the offense really rolls. Right, it has a game and, where it's just on. And, and I will say this. So Sark can game plan the hell out of it for – for two quarters. We know that we saw that in year one, right? The difference now, what he has on defense versus what he had then that can lead to a lot of guys getting a lot of extra time on offense. Y'all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's where I come out because he didn't have a defense two years ago. Really. I mean, he had one, but it was makeshift at best. Um, Did we see that schedule again, by the way? Matt, put, uh, Matt, our producer, will you put that back up for us, please? So the road schedule, Bobby. I don't know. Well, I mean, outside of Bama, I mean, yeah, Big Twelve. They said, okay. I, I um, thought that I thought the toughest road game would be either at Houston, just simply because I think that place will be a little oh, nuts. Super Bowl, um, but this one, Iowa State, late. If they're healthy, the quarterbacks mm-hmm. there, Iowa State has been a tough place to play. 
Well, we know I who mean, they'll be betting on. <laughs> Jerry with the knockout blow. I don't know if y'all have heard about the alleged gambling issue uh, uh, up in Iowa, both at Iowa State and Iowa, but uh, that is a that is a uh, that is Pandora's box that you do not want to open. I, I, I'm going with at TCU. By the way, um, I'm going to go with at TCU just because. But I'm with you, Bobby. I almost think U of H is like the. It's an interesting game. It's the Super Bowl. They haven't had their Super Bowl in a long, long time, and you know, free Papados for every Houston point scored or something. You know, um, free trip to Kima. If they win, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, you know, but uh, I, I think TCU is going to be a pretty. I think TCU is going to be a pretty tough game uh, for Texas on the road, just because it's the last crack for the people that really hate Texas on the road this year. Robert, thanks for the uh, super chat. Jay, thank you also. Uh, he says they will play the whole fourth quarter uh, versus OU again. Going back to this one, Manuel Posada with the uh, SETI B also said Nick Evers would be starting at OU by end of last season, but I do like Brooks. Hey, here's the little little smack talk among folks here. I will say this. He probably should have started in, in Red River game Yeah, because what they put out there was not very good. That would have caused me to transfer too. <laughs> Jerry is on fire tonight. Oh. On fire. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go back here. <laughs> um, speaking of Jerry, we got a question for you from Seti B. <laughs> Once again, recruiting will be fine. Question for Jerry: What's the best case scenario among the defensive line for this cycle? Realistically, so say we go ten and two with momentum. Well, I think the most majority of these kids are going to be committed by then. Um, I'll say this. I think if Texas had commitments from Terrence Hebler out of Lexington County in Holmes, Mississippi, um, who Texas was there again this week, uh, Jaden Jackson at IMG, uh, Alex January, I think they'd be very happy and then see what the fourth would be. I think that would get big bodies that are athletic, that are strong at the point of attack, that are guys that have SEC size frames and SEC level of interior play. So I can tell you what I think they'd be, and that's not taken away from a dominant McKinley, who's a wild card, probably picked to LSU TJ uh, Lindsay currently out of Bryant, Arkansas currently um, take hints people. Um, but he, you know, he's a really good upside guy with basketball feet um, but I think if those three guys' names are on the commit list come September 1, Texas will be pretty happy. All right. Next question for y'all, and more of a statement, I guess, but I'm going to turn it into a question. This Banded Brotherhood says he'll take the over on nine and a half wins this season. I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit over the past few weeks, but what about you guys? I, I'd take the over. Now, yeah, I, I, I include the Big 12 championship is the problem. Correct. So I, I, do. I include 13 games, basically, potentially, if, and or a bowl game. Uh, I think they're a 10-win team. I don't know if it's before or after bowl slash uh, Big 12 championship. Yeah, I take the over. All right. Next question for y'all. Will Texas have a double-digit sack guy this year? And that question from Daniel Kinneman. I don't see it. I don't see it. Even even though I think the secondary is going to hold up, um, I I don't see a, a double digit sack guy. I think that eight will probably be the max, and I think I would be surprised if both uh, Alfred Collins doesn't have five or six, and Baron Sorrell leads the team with eight. Yeah, I think I think uh, I don't think so either, unless somebody has some big three sack game against Rice or Wyoming and kind of pads a number. But I don't see it either. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I don't think there will be any player that has a lot of sacks, but I think there will be a lot of players that have sacks as opposed to, you know, last year. For sure. Okay, guys, next question for – and, Bobby, this one may be more up your alley. Juan wants to know if there's any news if Sark's going to hire a special assistant. Well, they, they've added two guys to the staff, actually, recently, and we I think Eric was going to report on this. Uh, one of them is a uh, – uh, the special assistant to the head coach. Uh, he is a, a former, I can't remember his name right now. It's not a known name. It's like not, not an every how, 
household name that people would know. And they also they also have one now on defense. I think Jerry, is that what we were talking about? Yeah. Give Juan. It's a great question. First of all, check inside Texas tomorrow. I'll also mention it in the state of the program with Eric Nalin tomorrow uh, as well. I, I don't have those names off the top of my head, but one of them is a guy that's a, a true West Coast guy. Played at Washington State. I can't remember his name right now. All right. So we have another super chat, guys. This one from Texas Dirty Boy. I want to thank him. You think if Bama's new offensive coordinator and quarterback are not rolling by week two, our defense wins us that game. If Quinn is on, we win by 10 plus. Y'all's thoughts? Well, I don't, I wouldn't be pushing, I wouldn't be betting that to, to <laughs> use uh, Jerry's terminology uh, because uh, it's in Tuscaloosa. On the road, big game. Uh, you know, I look. I think that I think Bama's going to try to run it down Texas's throats. I don't think they're going to try to do what they did last year. And Texas better be ready for that uh, because it's going to be man ball in that in that stadium on that day. In my opinion, uh, I agree with Bobby. A guy that's won seven national championships isn't going into a game against a Texas team he knows is has more offensive weapons and a more experienced quarterback and an experienced offensive line and get into a, a, a fast up-and-down game. He is going to try to wear Texas defense down, um, and he is going to try to win it in the fourth quarter with his defense because the one thing about Nick Saban, he doesn't care if he beats Kent State 10-7 or 57 as long as uh, his, his, his bottle of water and his Coke on that uh, – Podium after the game has W on it. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, Texas Dirty Boy, thank you for the super chat. Uh, switching gears over to recruiting for a minute. How large do y'all think this class will be? That question asked by JW Crunch. You know, I, I'm going to go with Bobby. It's a tougher one right now. I think 22, 23, um, because you got to portal so important. Um, a lot of it's going to just depend on. How many guys it looks like during the season may be early guys to the NFL? And could that add a couple of numbers at the end of the day to the class? I'm thinking 22, 23 right now. Could be five. Yeah. Early. Um, and I think that's the number that that that's a that's a wide swing. Yeah. Um, and to, to Jerry's point, that's why if you're looking at 18 to 19 or 20 right now, it could easily go up to 25 this time, uh, you know, in by December. Uh, so to speak. Hey, I want to answer this real quick because I, I know this answer. Uh, didn't Ham, uh, Ham Jones or Jam Jones go to Hallettsville? Neither of them Neither of them went to Ham. Jones actually went to the tiny uh, town of Hamlin High School in Hamlin, Texas. Jam Jones was from Jamestown, Ohio. So uh, two different guys. Uh, Lamb Jones, of course, went to Lampasas High School. So those were all guys in the 70s, early 80s uh, that played for the Longhorns. Check your recruiting advisor if you need that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if Blake has been to Hamlin before. I was about to say, I never thought I'd hear anything about the Hamlin Pied Piper. Pied Piper! <laughs> 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 so, yes, I have been <laughs> once. <laughs> but never in a million years did I ever think we'd be discussing the Pied Pipers on here. I, I told Bobby three years ago, two, two, three years ago, I never thought I'd go to Spearman. And when I never thought I'd see that many, I think it's quail, right? Or whatever it is. But I never thought I'd see that many birds fly by me in a car, by the way. Ever. You could you could go pheasant hunting in Spearman. It's pheasant. Yeah, it's pheasants. I'm not a hunter, obviously, but it was I felt like there were millions of them. Ooh. Well, Jerry, we got a basketball recruiting question for you, uh -huh. and I think this one's about coming to an end here. Xavier Delgado wants to know, what is the Ron Holland update? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it just every day that passes, it's not a good one for Texas. But I've never thought a guy that decommits ends up back at the school he was going to, especially one that signed a letter of intent. Um, I actually think I would like y'all's opinion on this, okay? I said on Inside Texas, I do a weekly four-out-one-in Q&A basketball. I actually took a little bit of a stand today. And I love Ron Holland. I, I've covered him for three years now. Um, I'm, You know, what would you, would you guys let him out of the letter of intent, or would you just say, you know, you got pro options here. Uh, you know, but I just think the agents are getting too much control of college sports right now. 
Did he sign before or after the uh, did he sign before or after the coaching change? Well, he signed before, Bobby, but if you wanted out because of that, you had months to do it. I I probably given that, I would I would probably lean to letting him out. What what what, him being at Duncanville pushed you to let him out? If he was a guy at a small school, would you not let him out? Because look, this was a late thing that could have happened months ago when Chris Beard was fired. So it's hard to use that excuse. Uh, no, I, I agree. But at the same time, I I feel like there's you have an opportunity to kind of re- reset yourself uh, if that happens. That's just me. And, it, it, now, he did have that opportunity and, and uh, doubled down on Texas yeah. uh, before he pulled the rug out. And, and then but, you want to go to Arkansas. Yeah. That's it. I don't. You know, that's 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 your future uh, SEC rival, there, former rival. I'm. I wouldn't let him out. I'll be honest, and I love Ron, uh, and I love Duncanville. I hope they're not mad at me. I go there all the time. I I wouldn't let him out. I would say, you know, there's the G League, or you can sit out a year. You sign a letter of intent. I think hey, there's I had, a this, this is a good comment. To... I'm sorry, Jerry. This is a yep. good comment from Shadow Beard. I want to mention this that. Uh, in 2021, Texas was 58th in penalties per game. They were 68th last year. Need to see Cl- Sark clean those up or we won't get to 10 wins. How important are penalties per game even as a predictor? I I always saw penalties, and I, I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. I always saw penalties as a reflection of overall team athleticism. Uh, not necessarily team. Not necessarily uh, team execution. Now that that doesn't include Texas in the false start penalties. Granted, I'm talking about the 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 penalties where you're grabbing a face mask because you're actually your feet didn't move and you're out of out of position. You know, or a, a safety has to hang on just to get the guy to the ground. I I don't know that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that that is is a as long as you're not an outlier like 120th, I don't know that penalties are necessarily it, Shadow Bearded. I, I uh, have a thought on this, and I, I generally agree with that, Bobby. I remember walking away from the Texas-Alabama game I was at last year and said that's the most undisciplined Nick Saban team I've seen at Alabama since year one. And then that became an issue for them at Tennessee. Um, and I'm not saying Sark's t- Texas teams are that – but I am saying if you see something early in the year that you're like, ooh, that's different, then maybe it's going to be an issue. Uh, and that's the only time I can recall that it goes – I agree with Bobby generally that maybe it wasn't athleticism. It's just an undisciplined team. I don't think Texas is going to be like that. So, But I would say this. I would say this before Blake gets his point. I can guarantee in the coach's office they think they need to clean it up because they're perfectionists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you all. I, I think that it – it can definitely hurt you obviously in key moments. So it, if, you know, like Jerry said, if it's a problem early on, you're probably going to see it throughout the year. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, a lot goes into penalties, you know, I mean, depending on how many snaps you play a game, there's just so many factors that it's hard to say, you know, if we don't clean this up or get into this number, we're going to win or lose X amount of games. So, all right, guys, I think we got time for one more question. And it's a super chat. This one from Manuel Posada. Uh, once again, thank you, Manuel. If Quinn Ewers makes a Caleb Williams type improvement from year one to year two, who do you guys think is the better NFL prospect? I know where depends. Bobby's going. <laughs> I, it depends on how big of an improvement it is, but Caleb Williams has more wheels. With I mean, you saw Anthony Richardson go four overall. <laughs> I mean, there are times Anthony Richardson couldn't hit the broadside of a barn this year, I, I um, and I and I mean that with all due respect because he's number four overall pick, right? Um, Caleb Williams is a much better athlete. He's a, he's an elite level athlete, has an elite arm. I, I think it's going to be hard for us to to sit back and see somebody other than Caleb Williams go number one. I know Drake May. People are all over him as well. Um, I I just I think. Yours is going to be fighting for two or three 
uh, in the quarterback room at that level. That's just my I, guess. I think something interesting with Caleb Williams, I have two thoughts on that. I think he got sacked like 40 times last year, something crazy number. Mm -hmm. If that number doesn't really improve in year two, I could see the NFL saying, what's going on here? Two, how does he compare to former Lincoln Riley quarterbacks that went first overall to the NFL guys? Uh, or does Lincoln start to get dinged because those guys haven't been great players? I don't know the answer, but that's just two different thoughts. Very similar. I, here's my thought on that. Very similar to how Art Briles quarterbacks started getting dinged. Yep. And haven't really re, haven't really rebounded even through his through whether it's Kendall Briles, Jeff Levy, those kind of guys. And, and I don't want to say Kyler Murray's been very good in the NFL, but franchise quarterback, not number one overall, good. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. I agree with you there. All right. Um, one more question, just because I want to I want to get y'all's thoughts on this, and then we better wrap this up. But Working Man wants to know who catches the most passes this season. I think there I will go with Worthy. I'll go with Worthy as well. I think he's just going to be running free in the system a lot more in this game. No doubt. That that's my. I mean, he you couldn't do anything without him getting doubled last year. I mean, after game three or four, it was over. Um, want to say thanks one last time tonight, guys. It was a really good chat. This was a uh, really fun. Jerry had some nice one-liners. Uh, Blake set it up well. I thought it was a good time. Uh, look, our our friends at Energy Texas, Texas Electricity done right. Uh, it is a UT alum that is the CEO, and he's a good uh, friend of the program here. www.energytexas.com. If you're searching for a uh, new energy provider or just want to price shop. Uh, what you have right now, give them a call, 855-461-1129, or go online, www.energytexas.com. All right, hey, guys. Hey, I want to say thanks. I mean, we had a lot of super chats tonight. Jay, the activist, started us off. Justin Yarbrough, Texas 2005. Robert Muhammad, Manuel Posada, Texas Dirty Boy. There may have been more that I missed, but I just I, I was looking at him. I was like, wow, uh, this is great. Uh, we did not get to everybody's questions, but we'll try to answer those uh, at other times and on the message board at Inside Texas as well. Uh, and thanks, Mark Chanel. Uh, hit the like button uh, before leaving. Brett, Blake, you want to take us out? I sure will. So like to thank Bobby and Jerry. And once again, all of you for tuning in. And uh, we'll be here every Tuesday night right here on the On Texas Football live stream. And we'll be back same time, same place next week.